From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 24th of February. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we're going to be running through the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine. But that's not the only thing happening in the world right now. So we'll run through three other important stories from around the world, as well as in our Nebula exclusive section, discussing the possibility of a digital euro. But first, how is the world reacting to the one-year anniversary of Russia's illegal invasion? Today marks exactly one year since Russia launched its full-scale invasion of Ukraine. When Vladimir Putin announced his self-proclaimed special military operation and tanks and troops crossed into Ukraine from Belarus, Crimea and Russia, many thought that Russia's forces could defeat Ukraine in a matter of days or weeks. But the past year has shown just how wrong those expectations turned out to be. Speaking today, Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, hailed his country's year of invincibility. He said, we have become one family. There are no more strangers among us. Ukrainians today are all fellows. Ukrainians have sheltered Ukrainians, opened their homes and their hearts to those who are forced to flee the war. We withstand all threats, shellings, cluster bombs, cruise missiles, kamikaze drones, blackouts and cold. We are stronger than that. We are not defeated and we will do everything to gain victory this year. Now, there are many defining moments from the war over the last year. The battle for Hostomol Airport, the Russian convoy towards Kyiv before retreating, the massacre at Butcher, Russia's siege and capture of Mariupol, the explosion of the Crimean Bridge, the widespread attacks on Ukrainian critical infrastructure, Ukrainian counterattacks, and more. Throughout all of this, though, thousands of Ukrainian civilians have been killed, many injured, and millions displaced. Tens of thousands of troops from both sides have been killed in fighting, and it doesn't seem like there's an end to this in sight. Right now, some of the most intense fighting is around the strategic Ukrainian town of Bakhmut, where Russian forces, particularly the Wagner mercenary group, have made slow progress. But progress nonetheless in trying to encircle the town. Now, Western arms, ammunition and equipment have flooded into Ukraine since Russia's invasion, hoping to give Ukraine's then outgunned and outnumbered forces the ability to defend themselves against Russia. HIMARS rocket launchers, Patriot missile systems and Leopard tanks are just some of what's been provided to Ukraine, although often there has been considerable debate among Western partners. And more recently, this debate has turned to whether or not we should be sending Ukraine fighter jets. In addition to this, Western nations have also imposed heavy sanctions on the Russian regime in an attempt to pressure Vladimir Putin into ending the war. One of the most significant sanctions imposed so far, though, is the oil price cap, which aims at depriving Russia of much of their profits from selling oil. Unfortunately, though, it seems that the war in Ukraine is set to continue through 2023. And of course, we'll be keeping you updated as it does. So be sure to subscribe to TLDR Daily to be kept up to date with the latest developments. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Here in the UK, the encrypted messaging app Signal has hit out at the UK government's new plans by saying that the online safety bill undermined encryption and, if imposed, would result in the company pulling its services from the UK. 
Now, the government has argued that their plans for the online safety bill does not ban end-to-end -end encryption. Although critics argue that this is, in effect, what the government wants to do by enabling Ofcom to scan messages for child abuse images and terrorist content. In a statement, the government said that it is not a choice between privacy or child safety. We can and we must have both. Although Meredith Whitaker, president of Signal, claimed that believing you can have privacy only for the good guys is magical thinking. Whitaker added encryption is either protecting everyone or it's broken for everyone. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. Next up, this Saturday we'll see tens of millions of Nigerians head to the polls as Africa's largest democracy votes in its crucial general election. An election which is made more interesting by the fact that the incumbent president is ineligible for another term. So Nigeria is certain for one thing. They're getting a new president. Now, who that will be isn't quite certain yet, because 18 people are running for the top job, but only three really have a chance of winning. These are Bola Timbu, the former government of Lagos, Nigeria's most popular state, who's running as the candidate for the ruling All Progressives Congress. Then there's Atiku Adebakar, a former vice president who's now on his sixth attempt at becoming president. And he's doing so from the main opposition, People's Democratic Party. Then finally, there's Peter Obi, the candidate for the pretty obscure Labour Party. However, Obi may be able to break the old two-party system, as he's built a lot of momentum on the back of a strong youth support. Regardless of who wins, though, a lot is at stake for the country of more than 200 million people. Their economy is in a bad way, with rising prices and an ongoing cash crisis. Security and violence is another major issue for the country, with there being several attacks on polling stations, and an opposition Senate candidate was even shot and killed just a few days ago. Next up, following a coolant leak aboard the ISS in December, two Russian cosmonauts have been stuck on the International Space Station. That's because the leak of coolant resulted in the capsule the crew needed to return home in getting too cold to actually travel in. Today, though, a return craft was launched by the Russians. This MS-23 capsule was launched in Russia this morning at about 5.24 local time. From there, it will spend about two days in orbit before moving towards the ISS and docking with the station at around 8pm Eastern Time on Saturday. The Russian crew members who are set to be returned in the craft have been on the ISS since September, with their stay extended as a result of this coolant leak. The return craft launched today is actually unmanned and will therefore not fly the returning cosmonauts' replacements up to the ISS, something which will have to happen at a later date. To end the main section of today's daily briefing, we turn to South Korea, where there's been an important win for the LGBTQ community. That's because a court in Seoul recognized the rights of a same-sex couple for the first time in South Korea. Seoul's High Court ruled that the National Health Insurance Service owed coverage to the same-sex partner of a customer. This follows the provider withdrawing coverage after finding out that the couple were gay. And the court found that denying same-sex couples such benefits violated the nation's principle of equality. The case is now set to go to the Supreme Court, so the battle isn't over yet. But Amnesty International says that while South Korea still has a long way to go in ending discrimination, this ruling offers hope 
that prejudice can be overcome. That's all we have time for on YouTube today. But if you want to see our discussion of the possibility of a digital euro, then be sure to watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's a streaming service that we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, but you'll also get to watch exclusive ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's Incredible Modern Conflicts series, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics that you always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers all of the world's most remote places. All of those series are only available on Nebula, just like the extended daily briefing and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content, which will never come to YouTube. If you want to sign up, then use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up, and we'll see you on Nebula.